And he says, man, he says, these last two weeks, I've been feeling horrible. I was like, dude, your church is, we broke out in revival. We're in the second week. Your, your, your church has never gone two weeks. And I mean, Ayla was going with me at the time. We were having some outstanding and powerful meetings where the spirit of God was showing up. People were getting joy. People were getting delivered. People were getting healed. People were getting saved. There was more life in that church in those two weeks than they had ever seen before. And uh, I mean, people that had been uh, shipwrecked. The Lord had come in and rescued. It was amazing. You would think that a pastor would be overflowing with joy to see that. But he said, but he he looked at, I don't know if you were in the car with me when he said this, Ayla, if you were with me that day or not. Huh? Oh, that's that's right. For a while you couldn't go. Um, but uh uh he said, he said, uh that's right. He said uh um <laughs> I've been miserable these last two weeks. I said, why? He said, he says, because I've been listening to you, and after listening to you, I feel like I don't know anything. Well, you know what the Bible says. The Bible says in the, amen, glory to God. The Bible says in the book of Galatians that an heir, as long as he is immature and a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Even though he has this inheritance and Everything belongs here. He's, he's no different than a slave because of immaturity. Because of immaturity. But then it says this, but is under tutors, teachers, and governors. People that direct and, and, and correct and bring guidance to there. Until the appointed time. Glory to God. Amen. You know what? Instead of us being bummed out, that we're not where we need to be. We ought to be glad that God has put people in our lives that will teach us and come alongside of us. And God has, God has put them in our lives to help us. You know what, Anna? We got to quit feeling down that we haven't arrived yet. We ought to be thanking God that he sent people in our lives to ensure that we don't miss the mark. Amen. But that we, that we, make, that we make it to our appointed time and we receive our inheritance. Amen. Boy, I'm preaching today. So we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that's been given among the churches of Macedonia. And what was that grace? That unmerited favor. Say unmerited favor. See, God's going to bless you with blessing you don't deserve. He's going to give you wisdom that, you know what? You're not worthy of it. You're not worthy of the wisdom that God's trying to give you. What God gives you, you don't deserve it. You're not worthy of it. But because he loves you and you're his kid, he's going to bless you with it. Amen. Amen. Listen, y'all know, y'all, y'all know, y'all know some rotten kids. You ever met some rotten kids? Break stuff. Have no respect. Misbehaving. Rotten, ugly kids. 
But you know what? Their parents, for some reason, love them. Some of y'all have trouble liking them. But their parents, and you know what? Their parents will be like, oh, they'll grow out of it. They're just kids. They're going to make it. You know what? Honestly, I didn't understand that. When I didn't have no kids, I didn't understand that. I was like, I'm going to tell you right now, that kid would be at the end of my belt. That's what I, you know, that's what, that's what I'd be thinking. You know, we'd go place to place, and I'd be like, boy, I'm telling you right now, if that was my kid, boy, don't you... I, I can use an example. I'm not trying to put, throw anybody under the bus. But remember Hilda back in the day? Before she had children? Kids would run around the church, you know. They'd run around and just run. At, at, we had a meeting, I think, with the children's ministry. And Hilda said, now, Hilda, don't, don't get upset with me. She won't get upset with me. I, she knows I love her. I'm, I'm not throwing her under the bus. You just don't understand when you don't. You don't understand it completely when you don't have children. So these kids would run. She's like, Pastor, I just think that's, I just think that's so uh, disruptive. And it can distract from what the Lord is. Doing. Are those kids really running for Jesus? I think they're just running to get the energy out. You know, I don't think that they're really worshiping the Lord. Is that a good standard to set? You know, she, she's asking me these questions. And I was like, well, you know, I think we need to teach them. You know, I think parents need to teach them. But, you know, I, I was like, I'd rather have them running at church than I'd have them, you know, running the streets. I mean, that's just me. But, and you know, she agreed, but she's like, you know, maybe we need to, maybe we need to have a policy though, that parents need to uh, uh, police their children and not let them run around the church. And so running around the church by children was banned till Amelia could run. <laughs> you know, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing. But you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Come on, bro. Come on. Come on. Well, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know why all y'all are laughing? Because same with you. Amen. It wasn't good. It was, listen, get a hold of that. Take care of your people. Yeah, come on. I... <laughs> We was, we was at Annie's sister's house, <laughs> my brother-in-law. <laughs> Annie's cousin was over with her kids, and they were nuts. I mean, they were, they were nuts. Listen, I, I was, uh, man, my, 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 my hand was twitching. I, I felt like my grandmother. <laughs> my hand was twitching, you know, and so these kids were just wild. And uh, my, my brother-in-law, he had, you know, he'd, he'd drink her. So he had, he had thrown a few back, and after he had thrown a few, he started, you know, kind of loosened him up. He, it, he, got, he, he, got, he got lubed up a little bit, you know. He was a little more loose. And so he looks at them, and he says, Cuida tu gente. In other words, watch your people. That's what he told Annie's cousin. And then he looks at one of the kids, and he goes, Angawa, cheetah, katumba which was what Tarzan said to Cheetah when he was calling him the monkey. <laughs> Ungawa, Cheetah, Katumba. <laughs> oh, listen, I, I laughed so hard I almost peed my pants. But you know, I didn't have no kids back then. 
When you have children, you realize that you have to extend grace. Listen, God's not mad at you. God's not trying to put you on restriction. Would you put a curse on your kids? Church, then why in the world would you think that God would have it out for you and make you go through difficulties because you're struggling to do what? I'm about to throw this microphone at somebody. But see, some of us, we do that regular. The minute we drop the ball. Listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you, uh, uh, you know what, it's okay, do whatever you want. That's not what I'm saying. We ought to strive to do the word of God. But you know what, when we fail, we shouldn't keep condemnation upon ourselves. We ought to continue to live in victory and continue to live in faith and know that God loves us. And because he loves us, he's going to see us through it. Amen. It's unmerited favor. You know what? The Macedonians didn't deserve that grace. That's why he said, I want, I want someone to tell you about the grace that was given among the churches of Macedonia. Well, what happened to them? Next verse. For in severe tests of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Next verse. For they gave according to their means as, they, as I can testify and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Next verse. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first. Say, put God first. Put God first. Say it again. Say it again. It's right there in the New Testament. But they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. See, some of you looking to get favor because you, you gave an offering. No, listen, you're going to get favor because you put God first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm preaching right now. This isn't even what I set out to talk about. I was only getting up here to receive an offering, and here we are, neck deep. Is this helping anybody right now? Oh, amen. Listen, some of you need to kick the devil out right now. Amen. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Right now, some of you need to be bold right now, and you need to tell the devil to get his hands off of you and off of your stuff. He needs to get up on out of your house. You're not going to live in defeat. You're not going to live under condemnation. You're not going to live under a spirit of guilt and a spirit of shame, but you're going to live for God. You're going to live under his grace and under his favor, and you're going to do his will. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Put that back up there, Jess, will you? We'll, we'll read the next verse. Thank God. Accordingly, we urge Titus. <laughs> Titus was like... I don't remember this. That as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. This act of grace. So go, go ahead to the next verse. But that's, so what was that? It was an act of grace. What was their giving? It was an act of grace. Yeah. 
It was an act of, say, an act of grace. grace. She's trying to listen, Gabe. Leave her alone. It's an act of grace. <laughs> it's an act of grace. So what is an act of grace? Well, it's, it's an act that goes done as a result of God's unmerited Praise God. Praise God. But as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. So he encouraged them. You need to function in God's grace to give. Not out of obligation. Not out of guilt. Not out of shame. Not out of necessity. Not just because there's a need. Glory to God. Listen, I appreciate many of you. This week you sowed into Cherie's trip to Africa. Do you know that Cherie, in one week, we made, we, we made one request, one push. Cherie made a video, and I got up at Queen City, and I, now we won't be, out, we won't be undone by Queen, outdone by Queen City, I'm going to tell you right now. But in Queen City, Texas, 20, they gave $2,377 in a night. After giving, after giving an offering for me, the last day they threw in another $2,377 to Century Africa, which was nearly half of what she needed. Well, you know, after Cherie's video, Winner's Church, I think if Hilda was here, she'd tell us, but I think it's up to, it's definitely up over $1,000 from Winner's Church. And I know many of you have it in your hearts to do whatever it takes. We're going to get Cherie to... Listen, Cherie's going to Africa. If I, if I have the right to check myself, you understand? She's going to Africa. Titus is like, can I go to Africa? Not this time, Titus. Not this. Titus is like, no, I don't want to eat goat. <laughs> Cherie, will send a, Cherie will send your picture around. Will you sponsor this kid? Advocates will have your picture, Titus. <laughs> Amen. But God wants us to function in His grace in the area of giving as well. Amen. So today, as you sow, so cheerfully and so joyfully, give out of an abundance of joy for what the Lord has done for you. Amen. You say, Brother Ziggy, our finances are so tight. You know what? That, that's, all, that's all right. Here's the deal. There was a time that our finances were tight. We couldn't afford. We couldn't afford to tithe. But we made tithing a priority because we love the Lord. Not, not out of obligation, not because we feared a curse, but because the Spirit of God dealt with us. And when he dealt with us, we responded in obedience to him. And we began to function in the grace that this scripture talks about. In the great trial of affliction, our joy abounded. And our and our and and we gave even in our deep poverty, not out of our abundance, but we gave out of our need. You know that Jesus, when he was look, looking at people give, he said, "All these people, remember, remember that he's sitting next to the treasury." He said, "All these people have given out of their abundance, but there was one that gave." everything that they had and gave out of the place that Jesus wanted them to give from. You know what? That lady wasn't giving thinking, if I don't give, I'm going to go to hell. No, man, she gave because there was something else that was working in her. It's called grace. Yeah. 
Amen. Amen. And Jesus recognized that. And he said, that woman right there has given more than everybody. Because she gave out of a right motive and a right heart. Praise God. And so today, give out of a right motive and out of a right heart. You see, uh, if you're texting to give, uh, keyword Winners Church 77977. Uh, There are envelopes. You can write a check. Supersede week number nine. Week number nine for supersede. So let's see. Eight, eight, 16, 19. What am I up to, Ted? (laughs) So anyhow, I need to catch up my supersede already. But amen. Hallelujah. So uh, let's give out of an abundance of joy and let's believe God that when we give, it's going to be given back to us. When you tithe, the windows of heaven are going to be open and God's going to pour you out a blessing, Anna. There's not room enough to receive. Amen. You're going to give and this will get given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God's going to cause men to give into your bosom. With the same measure that you give out, it's going to be measured unto you. Hallelujah. Praise God. That means your lip gloss is going to last longer. Amen. I know, I know, they, I know they think I'm fooling, but isn't this true? Your, your tires and your car are going to last longer. Your engine's going to run longer. Your house is going to look prettier longer. Your yard's going to be nicer than everybody else's. Do you know, it doesn't matter what car I drive, everybody always looks at it and says, man, that's a nice car. You know what? has nothing to do with the car. has to do with the blessing. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Amen. Listen, people look at your shoes and be like, man, I need to get me them shoes. Only they go get them and don't look quite as nice on them. There's something about the grace of God. Amen. The grace of God purifies everything. Makes it appealing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God. All right. Let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to give to you as we give today. May it be given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Cause men to give into the bosom of your people. With the same measure that we give out, Lord, may it be given back to us. We thank you, Lord, that supernatural increase is headed our way. That we say what we have and have what we say. That doors of opportunity are opening for us today. Supernatural increase is headed our way. In Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 All right. If you have an offering to bring, you can bring it. And uh, we'll definitely receive it. Now, very quickly, since since I've already preached one message, this is a double, what do they call it? Double feature. It's a double feature here. So uh, very quickly, run to the... uh, Run to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, hallelujah. Uh, Verse 11, we'll stay here in the English Standard Version, it says, For I would have you to know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not, uh, by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. 
And as I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except, except James and uh, James, the Lord's brother, uh, in uh, what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person by the churches of uh, Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. What a, what a great scripture. We've been talking about, and I'm going to try to finish this up today. Amen. Not very likely, but I'm going to try. The biblical law of association. The biblical law of association. Now, again, we've been talking about this, and so we want to make sure we keep it in the proper context. <clears throat> the biblical law of association... Uh, is, is this. Your life will be impacted by those who you associate with. Your life will be impacted in some way by those that you are associated with. Now, here's, how, here's what you have to be careful about in that being said. Sometimes we want to choose our associations based in the natural because we know that uh, our, our, uh, our associations can impact our life in different ways. For example, some people, um, uh, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Uh, anybody know who Justin Bieber is? Yeah. All right. Justin Bieber. Started out, you know, very young in the music biz. He was a believer. In fact, he was on YouTube, and the way he was discovered was he was singing Christian worship songs on YouTube. I mean, I exalt thee. I mean, this is this what he, you didn't know that? That's, yeah, that's how he was discovered, was that he was singing worship songs, Christian songs on a YouTube and was discovered that way. He was discovered by some, you know, people uh, in the music industry. Now, uh, if you're a musician and you want to make it in music, it would make sense that if someone that had success in the music industry uh, approached you or came, you know, contacted you and wanted to be associated with you, that would be a good association to have because of your desire to succeed in music. And so those, those, there are these natural associations that we can have, these connections in the natural that we can have that can affect our lives. Because Justin Bieber ended up um, 
he, I believe it was Usher. Was it Usher that discovered him? And, uh, or Ellen, or she connected him with Usher. Or it was something, something to that effect. But you know what? Ellen and Usher? <sighs> I mean, you're going to have money, but the way you're going to get it might be questionable. You're going to have notoriety, but is it going to be worth it? What are you going to have to do? Well, we know, we know he ain't singing I Exalt Thee no more. And even when he tried, it's very difficult. In fact, you know, when he began to associate back with church folks, he associated with church folks that were of, of questionable reputation. In fact, those people... I'm not sure. They, I, they may be in ministry uh, still yet. I think Tyler told me. Tyler knows everything. But he does. He knows everything. Him and Ayla together are a force to be reckoned with, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> huh? My, well, there you go. He's at the twerking church. Yeah, that's right. Amen. So the guy, the guy, the guy that... Justin Bieber tried to hook up to get back hooked up with Jesus. He ended up being at Hillsong. And Hill, that whole Hillsong thing went down the toilet because of questionable uh, morals and, and things of that nature. And, and now he's over at Michael Todd's church in Tulsa, where last year at Easter, they had the twerking fest. Twerking in front of the cross, celebrating Easter. Now, I told this I told this at Queen City. If you listen to the recordings, you know it. The Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. It didn't say nothing about clapping your backside. Amen. Now, I, I, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. I just say, here's the deal. I just want to tell you. I don't know. To me, twerking isn't. There, I'm not sure what the draw is. I'm not sure what people are attracted to by that. To me. There's nothing, and if that's something you want to do in the privacy of your home, that's what, that, it's not for Easter Sunday. You understand what I'm saying? We're, we're, that's not for, that's not something we're going to do at church. But don't put it on TikTok. Listen, that ain't for TikTok. If you, if you married and, and that's something you know, you, something you enjoy, well, have at it. But you know, here's the deal. Don't throw you back out because, you know, we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. But you better be, you got to be careful, you know. <laughs> so anyway, associations. <laughs> Maybe I don't know nothing about twerking because I ain't got nothing to twerk. There you go, bro. That's what you do. But associations, say associations. So in the natural, in the natural, some of you, you've taken jobs because you felt like if you associated yourself with certain individuals, it would help you in your, in your work life, in your profession. And you know what? Sometimes that's the way that it is. But as Christians, we need to follow the biblical laws of association. We need to be careful, number one, that our association, number one, is we put God first. That our association is with him. The Bible says this, in him we live and move and have our being. 
What else does the Bible say? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done for you. Amen. Amen. So there's this thing that the word says that God, God wants us, number one, associated with him. And then as we associate with him, he will lead us to people who he wants us associated with based on him and his will for our lives. Now, see, that's the thing is that we put God first. You know, um, I've had people come and say, Listen, church, I hope, I hope, I hope, oh, I hope none of you fall, have fallen into this trap or do this. But I've, I've heard people say this to different ones in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in their walk with the Lord. In fact, I've, um, I've heard people say this to Sheree. I've heard people say this to Tyler. I've heard people say this to Pastor Mikey when he was with us. Uh, people that are called to ministry or whatever, um, I'm sure Gabe will hear somebody say this to him. But they'll say this, I believe I want to be your armor bearer. I believe I want to help you do ministry. You know, I want to be your Ted. Because people will see what Ted does, you know, for my ministry. They're like, I'm going to be your Ted, and I'm going to be your Ted, Cherie. Listen, number one, you don't want to be somebody's Ted unless the Lord told you. You don't want to be someone's armor bearer unless that's really the way the Lord has led you because you don't really want to be that closely associated with somebody unless it's God's will and God's plan for you to be associated with. Amen. Amen. Because, because you, may not, you may not end up really in the place where God wants you to be based on you trying to figure out those associations. For example, you know, Marissa, when we started Winner's Church, now we knew, we've known Marissa since she was a teenager. She was in our youth group. In fact, before she was a teenager, she was in our youth group when Annie and I were on staff at a church in South Oklahoma City. Then uh, when we left that church and we went back on the road, um, Marissa and her family eventually moved away to another, to New Mexico or somewhere, somewhere of that nature. And we lost contact with her for many, many years. Well, then we reconnected. And um, we weren't pastoring at the time, but we reconnected. She found us on Facebook. We reconnected. It was wonderful to see her and her family again. And then shortly after that, we started Winner's Church. Well, the moment we started Winner's Church, Marissa said to me, she said, I'm coming to Oklahoma City, and I am going to your church. I was like, oh, yeah? You know, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm, you know, a lot of people say crazy stuff. And I, wasn't, and I wasn't about to tell Marissa that she needed to come to Oklahoma City. I was like, well, you know what? You need to follow whatever the Lord is telling you. If it's in your heart to do that, then he'll make a way. If, 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 he, if he put it in your heart to do that, he'll make a way. Well, you know what? I didn't know how uh, the Lord had spoken to Marissa. I didn't know what was in her heart. Amen. See, some of y'all, we look at each other every day, and we don't even know, we don't even know. Now, we, we know about Andrea and, and, and Rafael, how they came. I think we've heard her testimony and heard how that went down. And so there are some people that are aware of how people came here. But see, some of us, we don't know how Marissa got here. It wasn't easy for Marissa because she was living in Virginia. 
in the Washington, D.C. area. She's living in Virginia. She had a good job. She went to a good church. She was growing there. It was almost like an Elisha, Elijah experience. Soon as she heard we started a church, it was like the mantle was thrown on her and she had to decide, what are you going to do? Because in her heart, our hearts were knitted together when she, was, uh, when she was younger and the Lord never had disconnected us. It was only through circumstances and because she was underage that she had no choice in the matter. She had to go with her parents. But her heart and my heart, they were knitted together. Right. Listen, when, when, when Marissa, Marissa has always had a special place. Now somebody like, Marissa's his favorite. You're not wrong. Marissa's one of my most favorite people on this planet. I love Marissa. Y'all have a place too. Don't get out here. See? Because I'm like, I knew it. No, y'all have a place too. It's just, it's different. It's not that I love Marissa better, but Marissa, I've, I've known Marissa a long time. Amen. See, I've been trying to avoid stuff like that because that, that, that makes people mad. But anyway, somebody in their mind, they'll get it. I see that he don't treat her the same way he treats everybody. He hold everybody else. That's like a Facebook post or something up in here sometimes. But anyway, <clears throat> praise God. So Marissa quits her job. Transfers. Transfer? Quit. <clears throat> Packs all her stuff. Moves to Oklahoma City and starts coming to Winner's Church. I was like, Amen. Some of y'all just came down the street. That, that, that doesn't minimize, listen, it doesn't minimize, I'm just saying, some of us don't know the lengths some people have gone through to be associated with those that God has called them. See, so Marissa and my relationship is not based in the natural. Now, when she talked to her pastor, she's like, now either Marissa was just a bad member over there or this pastor really had something in his heart. I know she wasn't a bad member. Right. He heard the word I had given her because she let him listen to it. And based on what he had heard in that word and what the Spirit said to him, he's like, you need to go. You need to go and get under that man of God. That's your man of God. Something to that effect. And so Marissa was like, amen. Now, you know, that's not often that something like that happens. Amen. Now, you know what the world will say? She's just chasing after a man. And that what pe and that how people are? Well, you know, it's not about it's not about a man. Well, you know, it was about a man. What did that what did that woman at the well of Samaria say? Come and meet a man. Come and meet the man. Amen. The man Christ Jesus. And when he came into us. See, that's why, you know, that's why Elisha followed. I told you all this already. That's why Elisha followed after Elijah. He said, as the Lord lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. Right. 
You know, you know how that interprets? It interprets this way. God, and I'm going to say it in the best way I know. God's spirit is in you. And as long as God's spirit is in you and in your soul, I'm not leaving you. Peter said the same thing. Jesus, when all them people left him and only the 12 were left, when he said, if you're, if you're going to follow me, you have to drink my blood and eat my flesh. Remember when they got offended and they all left? Tens of thousands of people left him and only the 12 were there. And he looked at them and what did he say to them? You going to leave me too? And you remember what Peter said? Remember what Peter said to Jesus? He said, where would we go? For... You alone have the words of eternal life. In other words, he said what Elisha said. God's spirit and God's life are in you. And as long as God's spirit and God's life is in you, I will not depart from you. Amen. Now, you know what? Those others that were not of the 12, their association with Jesus wasn't as strong. But Peter's association, even though he went through foolishness, even though he went through, later he'd deny him three times. But his association with Jesus was one that was ordained of God. And so Peter, he wasn't, he wasn't really serving the man. He was serving the God and the life of God that was in that. Are y'all hearing this today? See, and that's, that's what happened with Marissa. That's what happened with, you know what? There, there have been plenty of people look at Anna and say, oh, you just following after a man. Cherie, oh, yeah. you following after a man. Gabe, I'm sure of it. You following after a man. There have been people try to get Marissa to go to another church. Come over here with us, Marissa. It's closer to where you live. More convenient. You don't have to show up till 11.30. Marissa's family has, attend, has started attending a different church. And they said, now that, that's, a hard, that's a hard thing. When your family goes to another church and then they start saying, Man, come over here with us. Come, come church with us. We, we, we have family get together after every service. Your whole family's getting together. Man, by the time Pastor Ziggy lets you out at... Then you got to make the drive all the way to Newcastle. Everything's already gobbled up. Everything's already eaten. And, and we're already getting ready to take a nap. Do you know what Marissa said? I'm, I'm where I belong. This is where I'm supposed to be. Now, you know what? It's, if it had been because of a man, she'd have bailed a long time ago. Because there have been plenty of reasons for her to want to leave, just like some of y'all. Are y'all hearing any of this? All right, praise the Lord. But see, that biblical law of association, you're, you're going to have to put up with people talking that way. You're going to have to put up with nonsense. You're going to have to put up with all the naysayers and all the haters. Amen. Lee, you're going to have to put up with the haters. Melody, you're going to have to put up with the haters. Don. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And you know what? That's no, that's no matter where you go. 
Emma, it's going to happen. There are going to be people like, oh, oh, following Gabe over there. Well, yeah, kind of. But really, ultimately, she's following the will. Amen. Hey, that's a nice shirt. Anyway, following the will of God. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. So, uh, but keep, keep it straight. Don't ever be so loyal to a man that you lose focus on why the Lord has you. Amen. Don't, don't be so loyal to a man that when the nature of, of what you're doing, for example, you know, when uh, the man of God has to bring correction. Don't think that your association is based on friendship. You might be friends with the man of God, but he's still the man of God. And if he has to bring correction, you, you, you can't go to hating on the man of God because he brought correction. You have to make it. Ted is one of the most expert people at this. He is. Ted is one of, now Ted will sit here and he'll be like, well, I, he, he'll put his head down and be like, well, I struggle. Yeah, but you make it through. He, he gets to the other side. It may take him a few days, but he'll get to the other side. Yeah. Carolyn. Listen, Carolyn is good at it. Oh, yeah. Carolyn will be on one, man. I mean, she will be on one. She'll be like, Pastor, we need to talk. And I mean, she got that serious, yeah. you know. And I'll be like, okay, Carolyn, how about, how about Thursday? This will be Sunday, you know. How about Thursday? If that's, if that's fine, if that's when you got Thursday, then fine. Man, Tuesday will roll around and she'll call me pastor. <laughs> Woo! She said, I don't need to have no meeting with you. The Lord, the Lord showed up while I was in prayer. I'm like, praise God. Amen. I'm like, Karen, I, Carolyn, I can always count on you hearing from God. I said, I love that, Carolyn. She, she'd be all like, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I'd be like, be, you sorry for what? That you, that you hit a wrinkle? That you had a difficulty? That somehow or another things got discombobulated, but you got on track? Do you know how many people don't get on track? Well, praise the Lord. You know, that's a, that's a big part of why the devil hates y'all so bad. Because you keep, you keep on keeping on. You like the Energizer Bunny. You just keep going. and go. Even if you just left with one mallet, you still pounding that one mallet. <laughs> but notice in the scripture that we read that, uh, that Paul. So Paul, he says, uh, for, for I'd have you to know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. He's, he's trying to get this point across to the Galatians. Can y'all see this? I'm, 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 I'm going to let you out here in a minute. I, I've said all that to associate it with this verse of Scripture. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man. Listen, here's the deal. There are some people don't preach and teach prosperity. Who cares? Who cares? Y'all belong to a church, and y'all's man of God preaches prosperity. It's not lopsided and uneven. We're not materialistic around here. We don't love stuff. We love God. Yes, amen. We love him with all of our hearts. Yes, 
Amen. Amen. If we didn't have a penny, we would still love God. Yes, sir. If we lived hand to mouth, we would still love Jesus. If we would, listen, if your pastor was living in a cardboard box outside of the window of the nursery of this church, I would still love Jesus and I'd still come here Sunday morning and preach the gospel. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? I started preaching when people were stealing our offerings, when I'd get $35 a week to preach in another state. And have to figure out how I was going to get home. And I was just as happy to preach then and do the will of God then as I am today. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're a long way from broke. We're a long way from broke. That's not a brag. It's not a brag. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. We're not going under anytime soon. People have been waiting for years for us to go under. People have been waiting for years to hear that we failed. In fact, if I get on Facebook, remember that I put that post on Facebook, I give up. Man, I had, I had thousands of views on that one. I was posting videos, how you, can, how you can write your own ticket with God, how to live in victory, uh, understanding the anointing, uh, revival and how to get there. Uh, th- three unrealistic expectations. I, I put all these titles of video. 70 views, 170 views, 300 views, 400 views. I give up. 4,000 views. Out of 5,000 friends, I got 4,000 views on I give up. See, there's a lot of people going to wait on Amen. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. You know, down the road at that apartment that we do, do down here, we have our outreach. That first outreach we did at that apartment down Northwest Expressway. I can't remember the name of the apartment. River, River Bend. Is that it? Retreat at River Bend. We rolled up in there. We were Riverwind Casino. Yeah, yeah. Riverwind. No, no, no. Amen. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> When we rolled up and we, we began to put our stuff up in there, there's a fellow that rolled up over there and he is walking around and he's talking to people. He said, yeah, I used to come to this church and there's people looking at him like, hmm, funny, I never saw you there. That's because he came to Winner's Church when Pastor Mikey came over and, and they uh, merged with our church. He's part of Pastor Mikey's church. He didn't stay very long. But before he left, he said this, I'm leaving because the Lord showed me y'all ain't going to make it. This ain't going to work, thus says the Lord. This is going to go in the ditch. (laughs) Glory to God. You know, people that say crap like that, when they see you go ahead and make it, and not not just make it, but you show up at their apartment complex. And start trying to meet the need of their neighbors. And preach the gospel to the people they should have been preaching to. No, but they coming in from their job. No wonder they upset. You know, you know what I'm saying? No wonder they're hating on y'all. No wonder they're saying, oh, you just following a man. Boy, I'm preaching right now. Amen. But, but here's the deal. I don't, I don't uh, again, I, 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 take no, I, take no, I, I take no pleasure in the difficulties 
that people go through in life. But we've got to start living by the Spirit. We've got to start, we've got to start understanding. We didn't receive this. What we received, we didn't receive from man. You didn't get this from your, what you got from God, you didn't get from your pastor. God may have used your pastor, but you got it from the Lord. Amen. You know, how many, you know how many people waited to hear we're shutting our doors? Well, we tried. You know how many people ask me, you still pestering? You still breathing? How many people ask you, you still the winners? <laughs> you know why they're asking you that? Because they're on their fifth church since they saw you last. Or they done left their church five times and returned back five times, same one. It's like marrying and divorcing the same wife over and over again. Well, glory to God. But again, this isn't to, this isn't to be ugly. We, we as God's people, you all, you all need to understand something. This, don't, this, this doesn't have nothing to do with the fact that I, I love y'all. I love you, man. You're awesome. Yes. I love you, brother. I love hanging out with you. I love, Sheree, I love hanging out with you. I love, if, 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 if I didn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hang out with Listen, if, if, I didn't if I didn't love hanging out with some of you, I wouldn't do it. I would if I don't if I didn't want to talk to you, I wouldn't talk to you. I'd walk right by you. You'd say something to me and I'd be like <laughs> Ask Annie, she's seen me do it. <laughs> We've been at car dealerships and, and guys be saying, Can I help you? And I'm like And Annie be like, I'm so sorry. He's just, he's, I'm so sorry. And then she'll roll up on me and be like, Zig, why'd you do that way? I said, well, I didn't want to talk to him. I don't, need, I don't need to talk to him yet. He don't want to talk to me right now. Because when he does talk to me, he's going to be like, man, why did I talk to this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it had to be me. Any, anyhow, I need to get through this, don't I? Amen. <laughs> Listen, for you've heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church God violently and tried to destroy it. Now, now notice, the Galatians, they knew he had tried to destroy the church, but their association with Paul was a strong association. It wasn't based on, can you imagine, think about it. You understand that in the early church, there were probably people that Paul preached to that he killed their family. That he killed their father, mother, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, aunts, uncles, friends. 
Oh, it better be the Spirit. It better be the Spirit. God, God will connect you with, listen, God will connect you with people that you don't really want to connect with in the natural. How I persecuted the church of God violently, tried to destroy it. I was advancing Judaism beyond many of my own age, my own people. I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Now notice, he was, he was big in Judaism. And what, where did he say God called him to? God didn't call him to associate with the Jews. God called him to associate with the Gentiles. Look what he says. I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now notice, Paul, when the Lord called him, he didn't put it up on Facebook and said, what y'all think? Here's what, was, here's what I was thinking. What do y'all think? No, he didn't, he didn't do that. It's between him and the Lord. But, but it didn't stay that way. Now, now, some of you like, see there, it's just between me and me, me and Jesus. We got our own thing going. <laughs> well, you got your own thing. I'm not sure it's going, but. <clears throat> he didn't immediately consult with him. Some people will use that to say, see, we don't need associations. But you have to read on. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas. You know who Cephas is? Peter. And I remained with him 15 days. But I saw none other of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I'm writing uh, to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea uh, that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorify God because of me. So Paul, uh, although he didn't at first associate himself, he later did. Because that biblical law of association is for everyone. I, I heard someone, and, and we've had this person at our church, I, he posted one time, I guess, I guess some, you know, someone was asking him this question and I, I, he must have taken issue with it. But he, he posed this question and I could tell he had his drawers in a bunch. But he said this, he said, who was Paul's spiritual father? And then, of course, the comments were, that's right. All these people talking about spiritual fathers acting like you got to have a spirit. Well, I've never found that anywhere in scripture. Yada, 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 blah, 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 that, that, that. Acting like the associate. I, I, I've had people tell, I asked one brother one time, he said, <coughs> he, had, he had considered me as pastor, I reckon, or at, least, at the very least, some sort of, of associate, some sort of mentor, some sort, in some way, uh, I should have, whether it was being a brother or a father, I had some influence in some way, <coughs> and they told me, well, I believe the Lord's told me to do this and thus and so. I said, well, 
Have you consulted with anyone about that? Have you talked to anyone that you trust? Anyone that you uh, believe hears from God and can, you know, can come into agreement and confirm what you're feeling? No. I said, well, why not? I mean, don't you think if God told you something and it was something that was going to be life-altering? Yeah. Can, I, can I have three more minutes? Yeah. If it's something that was going to be so life-altering and life-changing that maybe, you know, you ought to consult the people that God has put in your life. And, you know, the Bible says in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. Amen. Well, I don't need all that. I don't believe, you know, that's the way Scripture teaches. You know, and, and Scripture's like this one. That Paul, you know, he didn't go and he didn't go immediately to Jerusalem and whatnot. But you know what? Go now. Uh, let me give you another scripture. Go to the book of uh, Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. I'm not going to finish, by the way. You know what I will do, though? I will continue this on Wednesday so that we can try to finish it out. Yes, sir. Acts chapter 13. Does this help anybody, by the way? Yes. Oh, man, you know what? I can't do it on Wednesday because we're still in talking about... Uh, we're still talking about warfare, aren't we? Uh, just we'll have to wait till next week. So anyway, next Sunday. Now, look what it says in verse 1. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, and lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Say, and Saul. And Saul. You know who that was? Paul. Paul. What was Paul doing? Well, he was associating with those that were at the church of Antioch. Prophets, other prophets and teachers. Other prophets and teachers. Are y'all seeing this? Amen. God, God will always put people in your life that he wants you to associate with based on the fact that he connected you with them. He will. And you know what? Those people aren't always going to agree with you. In fact, those are probably going to be the people that will try to poke holes in some of the things. Not purposely, not in order to discourage you, but in order to help you to become uh, more established and more settled on what God said to you. They may do it purposefully or inadvertently. You know, when God sent me, and Mrs. T, if you're listening, I love you. I am not being derogatory. I know that this doesn't uh, put you and Pastor T maybe in the best light. You know, it doesn't make you seem like you had everything together. And, but you did. And so I'm, I'm talking to somebody else right now. Mrs. T, I love you, and I'm not talking bad about you. But this is an example. God sent me to the Mennonite church in Defiance, Ohio, on Ayersville Avenue, when I was 15 and a half years old, around this time. I believe it was March the 8th. March the 8th. So next week, I will celebrate 40 years born again. Well, we ought to have a party. Amen. Man, Wednesday night, we ought to have a cake. <laughs> but, but Pastor and Mrs. T were my pastor. You know what? Pastor T, he never did acknowledge the call of God on my life. He didn't acknowledge it. Now listen, that is not to say that that, that man is not a man of God. Pastor T is a man. Y'all have seen him. He is a man of Mrs. T, Pastor T's wife, she's a woman of God. She has prophesied over some of y'all and set them some things straight. If Mrs. T, I told Mrs. T, I said, Mrs. T, you ought to move to Oklahoma. Join our church. You know what she said? She said, if I move to Oklahoma, I will. 
I said, Mrs. I said, Miss T, I said, I'll let you pray every Sunday for anybody you want to. Lay hands on anybody you want to. That's, she loves to do that. But Pastor T, you know what? He didn't acknowledge my calling. He didn't acknowledge any gift that I had. He never patted me on the back. He never gave me no ordination papers. In fact, anything that, that he did to me seemed to be discouraging. You know what? That was, it wasn't in, he did not in his heart say, I'm going to destroy this young man. I'm going to destroy the dreams of this young man. I'm going to destroy the vision of God. That's That wasn't what was in his heart. What was in his heart was to help me to discover what God had for me. And just because he didn't see it didn't mean that God didn't put him in my path and put him in my life. It was what I needed in that moment. Oh, come on. See, some of y'all going to learn how to celebrate the people that you had to depart from. Instead of looking back at them with disgust. Now, listen, if you were abused, if it was something that went clear out of the Bible, that's, you know, that's one thing. But, you know, Pastor T, he didn't really do anything that was outside of Scripture. He just never did recognize some of these things. He didn't encourage it. In fact, he uh, <coughs> sometimes he discouraged it. But it wasn't out of a, it wasn't out of a uh, contempt or a malice or ill will. He was truly trying to do what he felt like he was responsible to do as a pastor. And you know what? Even though seemingly it would have hindered me or hindered most people, it didn't hinder me. In fact, it was fuel to the fire that God had placed in my... Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? You know, this individual that told me, uh, you know, I'm going to make this big decision that's going to be life-altering, that's going to take me in a completely different direction than I'm going in now. And I don't have to consult with nobody because me and Jesus, it's between us. And it's nobody else's business. They never read these verses. Look at this verse 2, and we'll finish with this. And in closing, <clears throat> while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I called them. You know what? If Saul was so rogue, if him and Jesus had their own thing going, how did they have enough influence to connect him with Barnabas and set them to do the work that God called them to do? Evidently, there's some things that we don't really understand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We ought to celebrate Jesus. Stand up with me. We ought to celebrate Jesus and how he works to connect us more with him. When I was, uh, when I was a young mere cat, <laughs> I don't even know. <clears throat> if you raised kids and you're as old as I am, you know where that's from. <clears throat> Lion King and a half. That's what Mikey used to call it. <clears throat> yeah, 
uh, when I was younger in the Lord and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I, I, if I get on this, it's going to be, I'm going to, I may, I may have to let this bat for later. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's just lift up our hands and thank God. I just want to do the will of the Lord today. But have, have you been helped at all to this, mor this morning? Praise God. When I was young in the Lord, I didn't understand these things. I, I, I really didn't. What helped me out was that I just kept my, my, I kept my eyes focused on Jesus. But I didn't forget about what the Word said. And the Word of God, the Word of God teaches us that we need one another. That in order for us to grow, and I didn't understand why we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, why we don't neglect associations. You know, some of you want to cut it off with people that it's hard for you to maintain a relationship with just because it's hard to maintain a relationship. You know, the only, the only people I disassociate from are people that I feel like are trying to kill me. And I've never had someone try to kill me in the natural, but they've tried to kill what God put in my spirit. For example, what God told me to do in this church. Anyone who ever tried to kill this church, I disassociated myself with them. If they tried to kill this church, it was over between us. And there have been very few people. I can count them on one hand that I have had to purposefully. Marissa, I can count on one hand the people that blocking them blessed me. And, and it was and it was because and it was because of the fact that I have a responsibility to steward, to pastor, to lead this church. And when they began to say things and do things that look like would jeopardize that, I had to cut, I had to block them. I had to cut them off. Now, you know, years later, I've seen them. Uh, they'd be more than welcome to come back if they behave themselves. That'd be fine. Quit trying, quit trying to do junk like that, and you come back. I mean, I don't care. Behave yourself. If you don't behave yourself, you can come back, but you're not going to be comfortable. But if you're really hungry and you want to see get things straight, well, then come on back. But for years, I didn't really understand not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. I say years, about six years in my walk. When I was about 21, 22 years old, when we rolled up into Dayspring Church, 
I was praying one day and I, I had not maintained any close fellowship with anyone except for my wife and Ted and Debbie. When I rolled up there at Day Spring and the Lord spoke to me and, and I, I was praying and I said, Lord, I want to know you. And you know what he told me, Randall? He said, you can't. I said, Lord, your word commands us to. He said, yeah, but you can't. I said, why? He said, because you won't, he said, you won't have fellowship with my people. He said, the only way that you can discover me in my fullness, he says, is to discover me in others. He said, you'll never discover me in my fullness locked away in this closet. I can only show you a limited perspective. I can only show you a limited view. He says, but when you have fellowship with my people, he said, you will begin to see a part of me that you've never seen and never understood. And you know what? He was right. Because when you, when you go through life and you see people that are broken, people that are jacked up, people that love God, but it's difficult for them to live for Him, you start to see Jesus in a different way. You start to understand. When you, when you, when you go to a prison yeah, come on. and you're sitting across a table from a man that murdered his entire family and is on death row and is going to be executed for his crimes and all of a sudden the compassion of God comes upon you. And you realize how much Jesus loves this individual. You know what? You walked in there and you, here's, here's my thoughts. Any man kill his family, roll up into my house, I'll shoot you dead. But you change your perspective when you realize that the most evil among us, that Jesus died for them. I'm going to tell you one last thing. I was in Borger, Texas. I'm going to come. I was in Borger, Texas. This is how association's changing. I was in Borger, Texas. I've told this testimony here before. Some of you haven't heard it. While I was in Borger, Gabe was with me. He was tiny then. <laughs> All he wanted to do is go to putt-putt golf every day and eat pizza. <laughs> and he had to drop the pizza on the floor before he ate it. That was a... He, it was that, he was at that age where everything had to go on the floor first. In fact, Ted went and bought some food one day, and he goes, Gabe, you want me to drop it on the floor for, for you? <laughs> Gabe looked up at him. I'll drop it myself. <laughs> I was over there in Borger, Texas. I'm preaching. Randall, I'm preaching. And a man walks in, Hispanic man with his family. They're standing in the back of the church. And I'm preaching, and they stood back there for a while. And I noticed he is back there, just a pacing, tears streaming down his face. Finally, they came in and they sat down. After, I, after, after he sat down, I got done preaching. I had an altar call, and he was the first one to respond. Dragged his whole family to that altar. I mean, he cried. He gave his heart to Jesus. After church, 
he grabbed me. He said, thank you. He, he hugged me, which was very unusual for a Hispanic male of his age to express that kind of affection. I was like, tell me about yourself, brother. Are you from around here? He says, yeah, I own a construction company here. He says, me, this is my wife, this is my daughter. He introduced me to his family. And I said, well, what brought you here? He said, well, we, we saw that there was revival. We wanted to come. He said, the Lord's really changed my life tonight. I was like, well, praise God. Praise God. He said, will you come to my house and have lunch with us? I said, sure. Next day, he said, my wife's going to make tacos. I said, I'm there. All you had to say is ta. There. You didn't even have to say cause. I just even had ta, and I'm there. <laughs> so me and Ted, we agreed. We, we went to their house, and I noticed after we were left, he had pulled up next to somebody that was sitting there and crying. He just hugging this guy. They're weeping there at the, in the, in the, in the aisle as we, as we left. I mean, weeping. And I thought, man, that guy, God really touched him. The other guy, too, weeping. So we get to his house the next day, Ted and I. Oh, yeah. And I was like, so tell me, tell me about your, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your family. How'd you guys get here? Well, they were from Lubbock, you know. And he told me how they'd come to Borger. And he said when they went to Borger, his oldest son had been murdered. Shot dead. I was like, my God. I said, how old was he? And he was late teens, early 20s. I can't remember which. But young, dead, murdered. I said, well, did they get the guy? He goes, yeah, they got him. They got him. He said, he said, I looked for that guy once we found out who it was. He said, I put a rifle in my truck and I went look before the police found him. He said, I was hoping I would get him first so I could kill him dead. He said, but when they caught him and they put him in prison, he said, I put a rack in my, in my truck and I put a rifle in there. And I said, if I ever see this man, if I ever have an opportunity, I will take his life. He took the life of my son. I will take his life. He said, I have lived. He said, Brother Ziggy, that's how my life was changed in that. He said, I have lived under the burden And in the prison of bitterness, of hate. He said, so, he said, when we, when we got to church, he said, and I came in. I said, man, I said, you came in and immediately looked like the Lord was dealing with you. He said, no, when I walked in, the man that had murdered my son was sitting in the third row. He said, I was crying, he said, because I was contemplating, what do I do? Man. The gun is in my truck. Man, come on. He said, so I paced back there. Yeah, come on. And he said, while I was pacing, you were preaching. And the words that you were speaking were hitting me, penetrating yeah. to the depths of my being. He said the Lord began to melt away the years of hate and bitterness as I listened to you speak. 
He said, that's when we sat down and I was, he said, I was still thinking, I, I, can, get, I can still get him, but I'm going to wait and hear this man. He said, by the time you got done, I knew I needed to give my heart to Jesus. I said, who, who was it? He says, you know that man on the third row? It was the man that he had in an embrace when I walked out of the building that they were weeping together. Randall, I didn't even care about the tacos no more. I just, grabbed, I just put my fingers in that, in that meat and anointed myself with some of that taco. Come on, brother. <laughs> Spirit of God. You know, sometimes we're quick to give up on people, to give up on one another, to change our association so quickly. Listen, if you're going to change your association, man, you got to pray about it. You really do. You really got to get before God. Sometimes we just know. Most of the time when we change association, it ought to be in tears. I don't really want to leave, but if I have to. Danny Ortiz sent me a text a couple weeks ago. I told you about him. He came, traveled with me. God connected us. And then Lord told me he needed to go. And he, he didn't want to go. He, he wept, cried. He's like, I want to go. It's like, time to go, Danny. I hated it too. But he went on because that was what the Lord intended. We're going to do the will of God. Father, I thank you for all that you're saying here to us. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I pray that some of these words that I'm speaking will help your people to overcome the evil one, the thief that cometh not but for to steal. He only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Lord, you came to give us life and life more abundantly. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for every person that you've brought to be a part of this fellowship. I thank you, Lord, for every individual, Lord, that you've brought to this house. Lord, those that you have brought in order that they might be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Those that you've brought, Lord, to serve, to serve you in ways maybe that they couldn't serve you anywhere else. Whatever the reason for our associations, Lord, we're grateful for them. And Father, we're praying that everything that we need to glean from you through one another, that we will receive it in the name of Jesus, that you will do a complete work and that all honor and glory and praise will go to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Listen, next week, I'm going to talk about the good and the bad things that can come from these associations. From associating with the wrong people, you can pick up bad stuff. So, and, and from associating with the people God intends for you to, what you can expect and what you ought to believe for.
You know, there's something you ought to expect when you're in this church. Want me to tell you some of the things you can expect coming to this church? You can expect to come out of poverty and into wealth. God, let's look, look at me, y'all. Look at me real quick. God has not called one of you to be broke in this church. You, listen to me, I'm prophesying with you. You will never be broke another day in your life. You're going to live in abundance. The Lord brought you here so you could live in abundance, so you could. Amen. Number two, sickness and disease is not going to kill you. When you die, you're not going to have to die sick. You're going to die because it's time. I don't care. I don't care if you're be, I don't care if you're eat up with sickness in your body. The Bible says that he quickens our mortal body. I declare in the name of Jesus, you're going to rule your body. I knew a woman had carried cancer. Doctors said that she'd probably had that cancer 20 years. I hadn't killed her. He's like, I'm she's a walking dead woman. He told her, you have two weeks to live. She believed him and died two weeks later. She could have lived on. She's in her, she's in her 90s. That cancer couldn't kill her because she was living her life in Christ. Amen. Thank God. I know it's hard to understand, but I'm, I'm amen. You know what the other thing is? You're going to be carriers of the fire of revival everywhere that you go. You are laborers that going, are going to bring in this last day harvest and you're not going to do it in the natural. You're going to do it by the Holy Ghost, anointed with the fire of God, anointed by the Spirit, healing the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead. Freely you've received, freely you're going to give in the name of Jesus. You a demonstration generation. Amen. Amen. You will be mobilized. Praise God. So, uh, so we're going to talk about that next week. If, uh, if you need special prayer, I want to, Tyler and Ayla to come. And Shri, why don't you come? Thank God. That's all the elders we have here today, isn't it? Everybody else is out. Praise God. Is that the only, that's all we got here. Pastor, Pastor Mary Agnes. You want to pray for us? Well, we'll see how many come. Then we'll... If you need special prayer, we're going to be here for you as we, as we, as we dismiss. I know I've, I know I've been taking a long time. I pray that it's been worth it for you. I, for me, for me, I feel like it has been for me. So my prayer is, is that it's been that way for you. If you need special prayer, you can come. We will pray for you. I love you. I appreciate you. If you need to go or if you want to go, go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. Uh, we, will back, we will be back here at uh, 7 p.m. on Wednesday. We will be talking about uh, spiritual warfare. Uh, Anna, will you, will you come stand here, will you? Come stand over here. C come on, Raphael. Anna's going to pray for you. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. But we'll be here Wednesday. We'll continue on spiritual warfare. And then next week, I'll, I will make an attempt to finish up on what we've been talking about with the law, biblical law of association. I love you. Go in his presence. Again, before you leave, love someone because you do. I will see you back here on Wednesday, 7 p.m. in the name of Jesus.